What's up, Kentucky hikers? It's Media Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, July 14th, 2022. This episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. And we're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys. That's us. And on today's episode, we're going to talk Little Shepherd Trail from Kingdom Come to US 119 water on the ridges and valley section of the Appalachian Mountains, and the first principle of Leave No Trace, plan ahead and prepare using all trails. Today's episode is not sponsored by the Deerfly Anti-Defamation League of Kentucky, a nonprofit organization with millions of carnivorous members dedicated to lapping up the blood of deer, cattle, dogs, and hikers. The League is reminding you today that while their members may be annoying, aggressive, unruly, and, well, just plain assholes, they can't be help being who they are. So, hike your hike, take the bites, and let your blood flow to complete the circle of life as the good Lord intended. And today's feature hike is the Little Shepherd Trail from Kingdom Come State Park to US 119. This is a beautiful route with a ton of views. There's at least a dozen overlooks on this across 13.3 miles. If you hike it northbound, you'll gain 2,786 feet. And if you hike it southbound, it'll be 3,278 feet. So a little bit more if you're heading south. Um, overall difficulty, I rated this as moderate to strenuous. It's kind of a punchy hike uh, up along the ridge. And so there's just a lot of uh, little ups and downs along the ridge that all uh, add up to a pretty strenuous uh, bit there. Um, if you take a look at the website, you can uh, look this hike up. You can just search Little Shepherd Trail, and I'll also link this in the episode notes. Um, but I have the waypoints listed for the trailheads. Um, there are a total of three trailheads at Creech Overlook, uh, another in the middle at Leopold Gap, and then the last one at US 119. Um, there's plenty of parking at either side, either the north or the south. If you decide to go for a day hike, uh, Leopold Gap is the best trailhead uh, to start with. And so on this, there are also two springs that are noted. Uh, when you're hiking in this uh, particular trail, there's not a whole lot of water. And so the natural springs that are available are critically important to keeping you hydrated. Uh, in terms of navigation, this is a new trail. And so when you go out and you hike this, you'll notice that a lot of the uh, path is not very well packed down. Um, it's been cleared, it's been blazed. Uh, the blazes and markings on this trail are probably the best uh, anywhere in Kentucky because it's brand new. And you'll see all the reflective blazes that are out there. And they also have directional blazes, uh, which are really nice. And then you'll see the Great Eastern Trail blazes out there as well. And so the Great Eastern Trail, it's 1800 miles from Alabama to New York, uh, still in its infancy. And so this is a part of it and there are 55 miles total uh, that are completed through Kentucky, and that will roughly expand to 110, 120 miles roughly uh, when the trail is complete. So on this section, uh, it's a great overlook hike. There are, I'd say, 12 or so, and the best one in my view is the Buzzworm Overlook. Uh, I've got a great picture of Rob Newman um, over at this overlook, and on the days that we hiked it, we did it out and back across two days. And so it was pretty rough uh, by the time we got done with the second day with about 6,000 uh, feet of elevation on the legs. And so that, uh, that definitely does a lot. But the nice thing is that this trail, because it is new and it is long and it does require some physicality, uh, it's pretty solitary. And so when you're out there, don't expect to see a lot of other hikers. So if you're tired of the crowds in Red River Gorge or out around Cumberland Falls, um, head out to Pine Mountain on the eastern uh, part of Kentucky, just right there on the edge with Virginia, and you'll be able to have a nice solitary hike. Um, there are 
some additional day hikes that I plan to map out coming up in August. And so when I get a good weather window coming up later this summer, uh, I'll head down there and do some of the day hikes. And so this will be really nice because you won't have to hike the entire 13 miles on this particular section. You can baby, you can cut that in half or even less uh, and still enjoy some incredible views up there. Um, limited services. So there's not a whole lot uh, in the way of services along this route. Um, if you need to use the bathroom or something like that, make sure that you pack out all of your toilet paper wipes. And then if you have to drop a deuce, either dig a cat hole or pack out your poo. All right. And then, uh, at kingdom come state park, there are tons of services, pretty much everything that you would expect. They do have a campground there as well. And so if you're uh, planning to overnight and then hike in the morning, this is probably the best place to get started because there's plenty of services there. On the north end, across from US 119, uh, just on the north side of that road, uh, there is the Flamingo Shelter on the Highland section of this trail. And so you can also camp out there uh, in a nice shelter that also has a privy with a somewhat jacked up uh, toilet seat. So just know that ahead of time. Uh, the other part is, so a couple of cautions when you're out here on this trail. Um, it does pass through uh, some sections of private property. This is marked uh, along the trail. And so these are using rights of way <clears throat> that private landowners have agreed to allow hikers on. So when you're on these sec this section of trail um, that's posted, just make sure that you stay on the trail. Don't go off the trail. Um, you know, don't leave a mess behind. Just keep it clean so that uh, the trail can continue to pass through there. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, dangerous parts, uh, this does have uh, quite a few spots where you can fall off of a cliff. So just make sure that you stay uh, a safe distance from the edges and, um, and just avoid having a deadly fall there. Uh, poisonous snakes in the area, copperheads and timber rattlers are around. And then also this is uh, bear country for sure. Um, I'd say probably one out of every three times that I visit Pine Mountain, I wind up seeing black bear somewhere along the trail. All right, so this is a great hike. If you just kind of go through it, uh, the pictures and everything that are listed on there, um, Pine Mountain is kind of a really neat place, and it's just because it's among the highest elevation hikes in Kentucky. And so it is mountain hiking um, at its best. We did come across some pretty fresh uh, bear poo when we were out there, and uh, the clouds and the fog, and then we had first day, there was plenty of rain, and so we were wet and soaked, but um, the clouds did eventually break up for some really nice views. Uh, there was, it looks like from our most recent visit, uh, LaFana and I drove through on Little Shepherd Trail on our way down to Asheville a couple of weeks back. And it looks like they did have a pretty bad storm event, um, whether it was this winter or this spring, I'm not sure. Um, but it looks like all of that has been cleared from the uh, roadways. And I would assume that the trail is actually pretty clear by now as well. So when you hike this, uh, you know, you head out there, you'll see that there are plenty of, um, side trails and side roads, so to speak. And so the most important thing is just to make sure that you follow the blazes. The directional blazes, you'll see two uh, blazes. They're just uh, yellow rectangles that are reflective. The bottom blaze is where you are, and then the blaze above it is the direction that you will turn. And so these directional blazes are somewhat of a rarity uh, across Kentucky. You don't see them that often, but uh, the Pine Mountain State Scenic Trail is definitely blazed in this way, and it certainly helps. Uh, the other thing is that uh, when you visit the two springs that are here, the Cold Hole Gap uh, spring is the one that has, a, it's a little murkier, um, it's a little newer, and I know that uh, Shad Baker was looking at, um, he's part of the Pine Mountain Trail Conference, he was looking at digging this out a little bit better and uh, making it a little bit cleaner as a water supply. Um, when you 
go out and hike this. Uh, we actually hiked it out and back, and when we got back, we finished out our day at El Cezanne, which is down at the base of uh, Kingdom Come State Park in Cumberland, Kentucky. So we had dinner there, um, and a big Mexican meal is always, always nice. So that hike, if you get a chance, you know, it's about from, uh, from Lexington, probably about a two to two and a half hour drive. Um, if you're coming from northern Kentucky like I am, it's about four to four and a half hours or uh, from Louisville, probably about three and a half to four. So um, it's a great uh, way to get out. And so I would suggest, you know, rolling in on a Friday. You should have plenty of uh, places there to camp overnight. And then you can just get up on a Saturday and hike the entire trail. Um, you can hike it back as well. If you need a shuttle, you can also book a shuttle through the Pine Mountain Trail Conference website. And, uh, and so the shuttle, it's usually by people who are either members of the Pine Mountain Trail Conference or people that they know very well. All right, so let's see. And I think that pretty well covers that. And so the Kentucky Agri Skills segment today is not brought to you by the Pine Mountain Trail Conference because they're a nonprofit organization and why would you ever ask a nonprofit to pay to be on the podcast? So currently the trail, it's at 55 miles. Uh, we went down and we saw that it looks like there are uh, trail, additional trail has been marked, it's been staked, and it's just a matter of actually getting the trail built. And so hopeful to have some more uh, trail miles by this fall, which would be great. That's about the timing of what we saw the trail expansion last year on this section of the Little Shepherd Trail that I was just talking about. Um, you can visit their website to get a little bit more. They did get a brand new website. It's pinemountainstatescenictrail.com. And it looks like they are going to post their maps instead of having uh, the PDF maps that they had previously. Uh, they're going to uh, post it inside of Guthook, which is now Far Out Trail Guides. And so you can look for those maps uh, inside of that app. And that actually makes a lot of sense to do it that way because this will eventually be incorporated into the Great Eastern Trail and host a whole lot of through hikers on 1,800 miles uh, of footpath from Alabama to New York. All right, and then the skills segment today, uh, so water. We're going to talk a little bit more about water. So Kentucky's eastern border is actually in what's known as the ridges and valleys section of the Appalachian Mountains. And so these are uh, not your typical mountains. So most people think of mountains as, uh, you know, a single peak uh, rises up sharply, you know, that kind of thing. And so the ridges and valleys section is actually... Um, quite a bit different. So these long mountains, uh, of which Pine Mountain is a part of, and really the first one on the westernmost section of it, they're, they're extremely long mountains. And so Pine Mountain is 125 miles in length. And so if you compare that to most, uh, like I'm heading up to White Mountain National Forest, we're gonna hike, uh, hike up Mount Washington, which is the highest peak in the Northeast. Um, that one you can go from you know one side of the mountain to the other side of the mountain with the peak in between uh, in about, I'd say, 12 to 15 miles and so this is a much so pine mountain is a much longer mountain and what that creates is a water issue and so instead of going from peak to valley peak to valley peak to valley you're basically going along the ridge from one sort of top uh, you know down to a little knob section so you go from knob to gap knob to gap knob to gap and um, and so when you go up and down there's not a whole lot of opportunity for water to gather and so there are not a lot of natural water sources up top on Pine Mountain. Um, the natural springs that are available have been marked uh, by Pine Mountain Trail Conference. There are also a couple of ponds along the 55 miles of trail um, where you can filter water. Um, but ultimately, you know, you want to carry a lot more water uh, on this type of a hike because you don't want to have to drop down, you know, anywhere from 500 to 1,000 feet of elevation in order to find some running water. 
Um, this trail is particularly dry uh, when it comes to August and then into early October before we get some rains. And so if you're planning to hike this um, you know, later this year, um, just know that it, things can be pretty dry. And so you want to map out these water sources ahead of time and make sure that you note the drainage lines on uh, top of maps so that you can understand where there might be water uh, a little bit further down the mountain. So essentially, if you're going to hike this, just remember that there are three rules. Um, carry the amount of water that you're going to need between the longest section between water sources. Uh, on average, this is like around seven to eight miles. So you can imagine a seven or eight mile water carry. Um, at each water source, you want to top off your water. Um, and then if you're backpacking and using dehydrated meals, uh, camp near a water source uh, so that you don't have to run dry on your drinking water um, as you're hiking. And so basically the three rules, carry what you're going to need, uh, top off at each source, and then you know, uh, make sure that you camp near a water source if you're using those dehydrated meals. Uh, being dehydrated on top of Pine Mountain, we did this during a heat emergency years ago. Uh, we hiked the Highland section and uh, people, everybody was in pretty rough shape by the time we got done. Um, fortunately, after that, we went to Skybridge and Red River Gorge, uh, spent the night there and rehydrated uh, with plenty of Kentucky craft beer. All right. Um, and then our Leave No Trace segment is not sponsored by the All Trails One Star Collective. It has been said that to become an expert in anything, you need only to avoid making mistakes. And this, friends, is the real benefit of the All Trails One Star Collective. You can sort the All Trails reviews from lowest to highest rating and learn all the ways that hikes can go wrong. Don't repeat the same mistakes as the collective, reach your hiking objectives, and become that five-star hiker you were born to be. Now, I say that jokingly because I do shit on uh, All Trails quite often, and it's mainly because um, the information is usually just a little bit incomplete and some basic understandings are missed. So uh, just because a, a trail shows up on all trails, it doesn't mean that it's marked or maintained. It doesn't mean it's part of an official trail system. Um, you'll frequently encounter uh, downed trees, uh, rock scrambling, all kinds of other things uh, that are typically not incorporated into traditional marked and maintained official trails. And so when you're planning ahead and preparing using all trails, just know that the, when you're hiking in Kentucky, many of the trails, especially the popular, beautiful you know, objectives like Eagle Point Buttress, for example, which has an incredible view uh, above the Red River and Red River Gorge, um, is just a fantastic spot, but it is a difficult reach if you are not accustomed to hiking on user trails. All right. So when you're using all trails, really the value that I find in all trails more than anything is in the trail reports. And so while I, you know, try to joke about the one star reviews, they are very instructive because you can take a look at those one, one star reviews. Um, many of them come with the, the hike recording that basically shows that someone didn't reach the objective or they were on the wrong footpath, whatever it may be. And so that you can kind of make notes and basically figure out where people go wrong. Uh, in addition to that, trail reports are extremely helpful, so I'm using all trails quite a bit uh, in preparing for our White Mountains trip that we're leaving for um, tomorrow. And so, you know, so the thing is that uh, we're hiking Mount Washington. There are a couple of rivers there. Those rivers can run pretty, uh, you know, a little bit high um, during the spring melt. Over the summertime, they're not as much of a problem. Um, but it's also helpful when you read through a lot of these uh, trail reports to basically prepare for the weather conditions that may, uh, may be there, especially near the summit or above treeline. And when you're looking at, um, you know, some of the trail reports that are out there, 
uh, it varies. So you can you can t- basically tell um, from you know one hiker to another how much experience someone has. Uh, after you read a lot of these trail reports, um, you'll notice that uh, the more novice hikers are more likely to leave a one-star review, um, whereas more seasoned and experienced hikers will leave uh, four- and five-star reviews uh, more frequently, mainly because they don't have any trouble with navigation. Uh, getting lost or uh, and they usually don't have any problem with going over any obstacles in the way. Um, in addition to that, the map recordings that are on all trails said so, uh, when you go on there, there will always be kind of like the uh, core or central uh, map recording. And so uh, when you go through the trail reports, you may find someone who has kind of split off from a trail and found something else that's kind of nice. And so you can look at their recording. Uh, but just know that all GPS recordings are inaccurate. Uh, so even the ones that I post are going to be inaccurate. And that's mainly because GPS is always inaccurate. There are two different satellite systems that are out there. Um, most phones will use one or the other. Uh, there are a couple of watch brands now that are using both in order to kind of better triangulate the position. Um, But all GPS is gonna be wrong to a certain extent. Uh, You could be off by a few meters to several meters to maybe even 100 yards on some of these GPS pings. And so just know that uh, it will give you a pretty good idea of where you need to be, but it's not gonna be exact. All right, and so just always take GPS uh, with a little bit of a grain of salt there. It'll give you the essential directions, and it definitely works better than most of the schematic maps that are out there, especially the ones published by uh, Kentucky State Parks, for example, um, where those are rarely anywhere even close to accurate. It just kind of gives you a general idea of direction. So um, when you go out and use all trails, just make sure that you um, go through and read through several pages of these uh, uh, trail reports, and that way you can get a better feel for not only where things went wrong, but also what went right and uh, what you can expect out there. All right, now a shout out, a special shout out to Amber Kanoy for her masterful uh, extreme moss petting scene on a cliff somewhere out there. Uh, it was brilliantly captured by Dustin Robinson, the hiker behind the YouTube channel, Exploring with D-Rob. Uh, Check out some of his videos in the link in the episode notes and come to think of it, uh, Dustin might be the hikingest hiker in Kentucky this year. I've seen that guy out uh, to more places more often than I think anyone else, uh, at least on Instagram. Uh, Maybe we can get a trophy and we could have like Amber reaching over that cliff, petting the moss and then... Yeah, yeah, that could be kind of fun. We could put that little thing at the top of the trophy. But anyway, if you know anyone who can make a plaster cast of that, uh, DM me on Instagram at Kentucky Hiker Project. And then uh, to close things out, our fundraising update, the total donated to Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at a big old 60 bucks. That's three Jacksons, six Hamiltons, or 12 Lincolns, or 60 Washingtons. Or it could also be two Jacksons, one Hamilton, one Lincoln, and five Washingtons, whatever. We're 6% to goal, and that's always good. Progress, slow and steady, just like this tortoise. Um, So this has been the Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad, or give a shout-out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org slash podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. Uh, I can write the ad copy, or you can do it yourself. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Get out there and hike.